0: Um, If you're visiting tonight, my name's Matt and uh, this is my mum, Sarah. And uh, I've worked my mum hard today. We've, this is the third service today. And uh, she wasn't even particularly willing in the first place to do this. So, with a bit of convincing, uh, we're, we're going to have a good time again tonight. One of the things that we love to do as a church is celebrate stories. We tell stories. And we do this fairly regularly because we think that telling stories is a very important act of praise to God. We're encouraged in the Bible actually to speak about the things that God has done for us and to tell the stories of that. And of course, the Bible is full of stories of things that God did uh, in people's lives. And so that's why we do this every, about every uh, five, six, seven weeks, we, uh, we have an interview like this. And it's a, it's a pleasure on this day, actually, to um, to have a chat with mum uh, about, uh, about her story. So thanks again, mum. Let's go back to the beginning. Um, well, not sort of Adam and Eve. Uh, let's just go a bit forward from there. to when you were a young girl. Now, the interesting thing about your story actually is that there was really a, that you had a very strong sense of, uh, of God and God's calling on your life, even as a young girl. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Uh, well, I, I did. Um, I, I did have uh, quite a sense of him when I was about... Um, Uh, I had earlier than that, I sort of had a sense. My family was completely non-Christian, so I was not brought up in any way sort of able to ask questions or even to understand anything about God. There was no church except maybe at uh, Christmas. And so um, anything that I was, in any way in which I had a sort of sense of him, I really think um, that there was, because the history in my family is way back, we've only found this out recently actually since my parents died, there were Christians way back in my in my family and they were very committed Christians. They, um, one was, was a general who, um, my great grandfather who travelled around the world with obviously his troops and he would preach wherever he was. He led Bible studies and a very godly man. So it's sort of, clicked with me why when I was little um, I just had this sense of God and and I remember um, when I was about 11 sitting in my bedroom and actually having this sense that God whoever God was (laughs) I knew nothing but this this something spiritual whatever it was absolutely loved me and I was extremely special
0: to presumably
1: him. Uh, so, yes, and there were a couple more times like that, but um, that and was
0: the so, worst. So, you had come over from uh, England when you were around six. Uh, no,
1: um, I was just about
0: to turn five. Oh, you were just turned five. Well, I was he's close. Learning, me. He's okay. learning
1: my history while yeah. we do this, are
0: not we? Okay, so when you were five, fine, you came over from England um, and um, uh, and – uh, your father, my grandfather, was the bursar at Geelong Grandma. Grammar and you, you went to boarding school in uh, in Melbourne. Did that sort of develop through your time at school or which way did that sense go? It was a disaster.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had to go to church every Sunday and we were stuck right at the back of this huge church with big, uh, big pillars and uh, we couldn't see anything. We couldn't really hear anything. And uh, I hated Sundays and I hated going to church. So I'm, you know, was not well, good. Yeah, not, not, a,
0: not a great win uh, for that church, not whatever church that was. Not a great win that for was. that church. A very um,
1: conservative church.
0: Uh, I, now, you you went to university, you went to Monash University in Melbourne uh, to study uh, literature, history and philosophy. Uh, and there was a significant moment there for you in during that time at university, tell us about that.
1: Yes, there was. Um, I was sitting on outside one day and I was feeling very disconsolate about something and um, a young, one of the students walked up to me and said, look, you're looking very low, What's, you know? can I help you? And so he talked to me and uh, said, would you like it if a group of us prayed for you? Um, I can't say I thought that was a wonderful idea, but I thought, well, can't lose, I suppose. So I was in the halls of residence and he he got the group together and sat with, and and I was sitting there too. And I just, I felt so self-conscious and I thought, what is this about? This is feeling very weird. Uh, And they started to pray for me. Interesting, I wasn't taking part in this. I was just sitting there, sort of feeling rather frozen, actually. And as I sat there this incredible, well I now know it was the Holy Spirit, just came in and flowed through me and completely released me from all of my sort of down feelings and worries and anxieties and I felt complete peace, in fact I felt I could fly practically, I was so filled with this peace and joy, and they gave me a Bible, I couldn't stop reading it um, You know, I went around, you know, loving everybody, my family kept saying you know, my goodness, you know, you've changed and um and which was great for about nine months, I think it was about nine months i can 't remember the exact time i went I was going to a, a church somewhere near the near monash and um, there was one problem it was a big one, and that was that I was having no teaching other than going to services and and really um, not really learning much at all i didn 't have a small group, I had no one to really talk to about at all. And then one of the um, Christian women, lovely woman, she, she said to me one day, uh, you know that boy you're going out with at the moment? He was a medical student. Uh, if you keep on going out with him, because he's not a Christian, you could be led astray. She was absolutely right, but it was the wrong thing to say for me because I wasn't there yet to understand what she was trying to say to me. And I felt so disappointed in God because I didn't understand that being good does not get you to heaven. It's the ra- result of the Holy Spirit working, but it's not in itself a saving thing. Just the grace of God and our faith is what gets us uh, into so, heaven.
0: So in, in a sense, um, what was probably not helpful in that situation is that someone kind of threw the rules at you. I mean, you know, in, in the early stages of our faith, it's a developing relationship and it's very relational. And, you know, there are certain things that you learn uh, along the way and uh, probably having rules thrown at you probably wasn't hugely productive at that time. Because, <laughs> you know, uh, Christianity is not a club with rules. It's a, it's a developing relationship with God. And, and, you know, even though there was validity in that... Um, uh, yeah, it, it was probably counterproductive because, of course, you you kind of uh, you kind of went away at that point, and probably uh, went even further against after that than you probably were before. In a way, would that be true?
1: Yes, yeah, that, that's absolutely true. I did, and um, uh, because this man was a lovely, kind man, and so I was so um, it. it I was so disappointed in God. I thought, you're not who I thought you were. How could you not love this man enough to have him in heaven, you know, to, to, uh, to accept him? And so, sadly, I thought, oh, can't go to church anymore. I mean, you know, there's sort of no point in it. And it was that belief, actually. It wasn't that I was necessarily mad about the boy. It was, um, it was the, the sort of finding out something about God that, that disappointed
0: me. And that was the word. Which was something of a misconception, anyway. So it's, it's interesting the way that that came yeah. that, that came across, isn't it? Yeah.
1: So yeah. So you're absolutely right. Um, it was like I went far further away over the next 24 years than I ever would have if I just hadn't met him at all. I think mm. that that was something that I really noticed. And uh,
0: so yeah. that, that's so what I meant. Um, after uni, uh, you now you went. Your mother was living... Because your parents were were separated. Your mother was living in uh, London. Um... your mother and my grandfather's very uh, interesting, interesting woman traveled a lot to really remote places and wrote for the Royal Geographic uh, Society, the Ge- Geographic Magazine. Um, traveled, you know, places like Ethiopia and the, the mountains of northern Pakistan and really, you know, bizarre places. And I recently actually read her book called "A High Road to Hunza" and, you know, amazing, uh, amazing adventure. And of course, you were uh, over here, but. You know, hearing about uh, her adventures. So, but you went actually over to live with her. Um, and but th- th- you still—it's interesting because you still carried a sense of that purpose and that that desire for something, uh, a higher sense of meaning at that time, mm-hmm. which led you actually into doing nursing. So, just just uh, uh, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yes, I always had the feeling I was going to be doing something I'm sure very dramatic and wonderful. You know I was going to save save the world. And that was even when I wasn't a Christian. Um, and so I thought, well, I'll go to Chad because um Chad's looking for teachers, and I'll just go to Chad. and <laughs> so I'm in London uh, with Mum and my stepfather. and um and then there was an outbreak of uh, eye disease. In Chad, and so I thought, well, what's the point of going to Chad and teaching children who are, you know, nearly blind? So I better go and do nursing, and uh, so I went uh, and did nursing as a as a um, it was a a post degree course you could do a little bit shorter, and I I did that, which proved absolutely that I shouldn't have been a nurse. I can tell you. But, what I was good at was was wherever it was to do with with people, so I was very good where there were sort of, um, people had tried to suicide or, or in the psych wards or um, it, it, people were dying i was I was really actually there that that went click click click, and I sort of always wanted to do psychology, but they didn 't have it at Monash at the time, and um, i'd not thought of it again, therefore, but it was really interesting. I started to see wait a second. You know, this is not my thing, but there's something in it um, that is. So I couldn't, um, I couldn't go and do. To, uh, mm. In the end, to Chad, that no, uh, you didn't.
0: That but, all... uh, but you did. So, so, so you were you were uh, in England for a little while. You Also, did your uh, your pilot's license, which yeah. uh, you, so you really had the adventuring uh, the adventuring spirit. But you came back to um australia and you did some remote area nursing in uh, alice springs
1: i did in I the did. late 60s yes. which would have
0: been quite remote at that oh it time. was in
1: the 60s alice was just sort of really beginning you know the trees that are now way high you know they were just being planted and i would go out in the bush ambulance mm. and because i was um i went ahead with my flying license for remote flying so mm. you know i was doing some of that too um so yeah that that's mm. that's really what's happening then
0: and And so it was about that time uh, you met my dad and um, uh, and you know who was also quite an adventurer um, my uh, my father had done a lot of Uh, Travelling, he did a big trip across uh, Central Asia from Germany and he was actually sponsored for this trip and he wrote for uh, a German magazine about his adventures. And so, you know, two uh, adventuring spirits uh, got together. Driving an
1: old uh, old, VW van, one of the oldest ones. Mm. (laughs) It fell fell to bits once he got to
0: Australia. Yeah, and so you met just when he got to Australia. And and then, uh, so I'm just going to skip over the boring bits uh, here, Mum. Uh, So you... uh, you came down to Melbourne, you spent a number of years restoring uh, a large sailing ship, a square rig sailing ship, a 100-foot brigantine in the Maribyrnine River in Melbourne, um, and then did a circumnavigation of the world uh, on, the sh- on the ship, and of course uh, I was there and my sister uh, Kat were part of that as well. Emma was born after that. Um, uh, so during that uh, that trip, during the circumnavigation, what... What was happening for you spiritually during that time? Um, I, I think that's when I started to
1: feel I really, there's something missing, which is extraordinary when you're having adventures like that. Um, but I, I'm a very, I have to say, a very motivated person anyway. And even with all the adventures, I had that feeling, this is odd, this is strange. Um, now, I might just put in a couple of things that mm. uh, I haven't said elsewhere. <laughs> I'd gone through, when I went to England, so we're going back again, uh, when, when I arrived, not long after, my mother was diagnosed with um, a, sort of, a sort of liver cancer, um, primary biliary cirrhosis. And so I hadn't seen her since I was um, four at that point. Um, and so this was really precious, and we were terribly close, and she was just, we were on the same page with everything. And sadly, I watched her get sicker and sicker and have every sort of treatment you can think of. She even went to a faith healer. And the I was aware that I was away from the Lord, and I could not... Um, help her spiritually, which was a sadness, and 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 so she actually died when um, my mid twenties, and it was one of the things that made me realize it, it. It sort of was one of the little openings, if you like, to my having to think, where am I with this faith thing? Where am I? Because that was a big thing for me to see her die without any faith. Yeah. So back to, where
0: are we? Uh, So back, uh, we're on the ship sailing us somewhere around the world. (laughs) Uh, Where 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 were your thoughts at at that stage?
1: So I was lying in my cabin one day saying, Lord, I know you're not far away, but I can't get to you, and I don't know how to get to you. And... uh, So that was one of another little door of sort of you know getting closer and closer to thinking more and more about. But did you
0: even because there were lots of uh, sort of near death experiences uh, you know on on the trip? There was lots of dangerous you know lots of dangerous moments uh, during the trip. Um, Did you think to pray during that time? Given that you had,
1: you're joking. uh, uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or wasn't that close?
1: (laughs) If only. If only. I was so conscious, and I, and and also um, I've been conscious since. You know, when you look back over your life, you can sort of see the hand of God. I was, you know, like the song says, the goodness of God. That hand was over us all the time because we really had some very tricky times where we could have lost the ship. We could have, um, it, we had huge storms way out at sea, and uh, yeah, we. Uh, you, you remember one or two? Um, I wish I'd, <laughs> I'd. I'd The very thought of praying was not even in my consciousness, if only. But uh, I did start, I did notice that we seemed to be safe. I had great faith in my husband and he was the skipper and he was the one with all of the papers who took us around and did the navigation. And I had this sort of great faith that that he knew what he was doing. But nevertheless, yeah, there were some pretty tricky times.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we we settled back uh, in the Whit Sunday's and um, uh, and and that's when your marriage with Dad obviously split up. You were kind of keen to settle. Dad was sort of uh, in a way kept moving, didn't uh, didn't he? And and that uh, led to the end of the relationship. But it was around this time that you really made a solid recommitment, uh, mm. faith commitment. Mm. Uh, that was very significant. Tell us about that.
1: Uh, well, it's obviously it was a very hard time and uh, I, I, uh, it's hard to go back and exactly put myself in that place again. But I remember I had some Christian friends who lived on a farm nearby. We had 140 uh, 40 acres there, and sort of hobby farm. And I, I remember um, instead of going to my other friends, for some reason times were that tough that I found the car almost driving itself not quite but um, heading up to these Christian friends of mine who used to drive me bad because they were always talking about God and they wouldn't answer my questions when I got difficult about the Bible because I'd had an outside influence telling me it was all rubbish etc and uh, anyway I went up to them and um, sat at their table and they looked at each other and said we want to pray for you and they prayed, and I had exactly the same thing, it's never quite the same, is it, but the same effect of just being filled with that joy, filled with this peace, and I heard my voice saying, oh my goodness, it's all true, and that was the beginning of my walk. But I I want to say also that um, one of the things as we went ahead, and my girls, two girls became Christians, and um, Matt was at boarding school, and walking in a new Christian life, it didn't mean that all everything changed in the sense of I still had all of those sort of soul things and old habits and um, did things that were absolutely clearly not sensible and not wise and not even right at times. But the difference was that God always brought me back. It was like Everything would would fail, you know, <laughs> and and so I could see ah okay I've got to rethink this, and so it was a real journey and, and which God just was day by day faithful in in a really difficult time, as I'm managing this farm on my own.
0: Yeah, I I, I can remember how uh, how shocked ac- I was actually that you had become uh, a Christian. I. Um, We'd spoken about things like that and I thought we had agreed that it was all a load of rubbish. So mum went back on this agreement uh, and, um, and I, was, you know, I was quite shocked. But actually during this time I witnessed you, your faith and praying the, the, uh, the way that you prayed and saw answers to prayer through this challenging period when you were on your own. You had this 140-acre farm. Uh, you, had a whole lot of, you ran a whole lot of cattle on that farm. You had two jobs. You were bringing up kids as a single mum. My goodness. Uh, it was a hectic time in a way. T- tell us a little bit about that, uh, being a mum in that period.
1: Well, I think resilience is probably the word. But, um, you know, when people say oh, how did you cope? Well, that's just not even an issue. I mean, there's no question of, oh, I just won't cope. You just coped and, and so you just stepped up and, and did what you, you had to do. And um, I did go to a little bit of an extreme because I never, uh, I didn't know one end of a cow from the other. I'd never lived on a farm. And uh, I did go out west to where there was a drought. So this is North Queensland, a terrible drought. And I did come back with a, a, a Gilaroo, um Girl, I knew with 75 head, a very large, very big horned um, white and red Brahmin, and a very, very big, equally horned bull. <laughs> so that was quite interesting, and I learnt on the job. And yes, I had two other jobs as well. So, um, yeah, so life was very busy, but it was a case of, of, of God just took me through every day. It was a day by day mm. uh, faith, and he, he, look, He just, um, I, I don't know how ever, I would have managed without him. Not to say I didn't have failures, but uh, no, he was he was so faithful.
0: And, yeah. and that was so obvious. Like, it was so obvious that actually after a few years of being very, very resistant to that, it, it was... Hard to deny that God was really at work in that. Now, that didn't lead to me making a decision for that because there was absolutely no way I was ever going to become a Christian. Uh, that, that would happen just still a little bit later. But um, we, we did end uh, that did, uh, you know, I ended, ended up becoming a Christian uh, in my late teens. And we actually ended up down here. And that's an interesting story of how we came to be in Geelong.
1: Well, I was settled, very happily settled, uh, on the farm, uh, which was just beautiful. It was over. We had, you know, National Park. We were up in a the hill. Um, there We had rainforest on the on the land, and it was just, you know, stunning. And I had all my animals and, you know, ducks and all the rest of it. And, of course, chooks and we'd had to go, all sorts of, you know, the sort of thing. And... Um, and I had my jobs, I had everything. And we'd built our own stone house, literally with our hands. So we had this amazing round stone house. And uh, it, it was just, people used to say, it's just paradise where you are. And so people come and stay with us and say, oh, you'd never want to leave here. And I totally agreed with them. Wonderful views, etc. cetera. Anyway, um, one day I was sitting quietly um, reading the Bible and just having my prayer time after the girls were at school. And... Uh, Perfectly happy, just life was good, and, but it's a great mistake to be too settled when God is on your agenda. Because I started praying for my parents who lived in Bowen Heads, and I said, Lord, they don't know you. Would you please send someone to tell them about you? Because I'm really worried, they're getting old. And quite clearly into my head, I heard... I'm sending you. And I said, no, you're not. Wrong person, wrong answer. Sorry, God, I cannot go. There is no way. Anyway, I got up, stopped praying, closed my Bible. This was not on. And so for a whole day, I went round in absolute misery because actually, you know, <laughs> saying no to God is really hard. So he he walked away and had a coffee or something. Well, they took no notice of me. Well, I had a whole day almost without him. It was like, oh, I remember this feeling. Never. No, I can't do this. It, all my peace went. Uh, and I thought, okay, okay. So I sat down the next day and I thought, because he could have changed his mind by now. So I sat down the next day and I said, Lord, there's a problem. Because I was, I was sure, you know, he would see that I couldn't just leave the farm and the, everything. And I said, I'm not available, you know look what I have here. I'm not available. And the voice in my, in my head again said, I'm making you available. How is that going to happen? Within about 10 minutes, the phone rang. And this Gilaru, who she wasn't a great friend. She certainly wasn't a Christian. And she said to me, Sarah, I don't know why I'm ringing you. But any time you need to go away for however long, I will look after your farm for you. So what could I do? So
0: that was the next bit. So we came, beginning of 1990, we came uh, down to Geelong. Uh, I thought it was the craziest, uh, the craziest thing, really. Uh, And yet there was so much providence in that because all of the opportunities that led to myself and my sisters really discovering ourselves and our pathway Uh, that God had for us was so connected with what was happening down here. So there was so much providence in that. I'm I'm always reminded of that and how crazy it seemed at the time. But this is why we trust God with our lives. (laughs) This is why we trust God with our lives because we had no idea uh, what God knew to be the case. And and he he led us, uh, you know, he was definitely our shepherd who was leading us. But even when we came down and, and, and took that step of obedience, there was a real sense of God's faithfulness with uh, coming down here and finding a place because we had a very short time uh, to actually find a place to live. Tell us uh, about that because that's an amazing story of confirmation in itself.
1: Yes, it is, and I think part of coming down as well. You're saying about your life story. My whole life changed too, and and I. um, So that's another another story itself. Um, So we arrived down, and we'd been lent a house um, for three weeks. You know, sometimes I'm trying to remember it's two or three weeks, but we'll say three. And um, when I arrived, my father said, well, of course, um, you'll um, You'll be looking for a rental. And I said, no, 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 we're, we're going to move straight into our own house. And he said, well, how are you going to do that in three weeks? I said, eh, wait, you know, no, it'll be right. Now, remember, none of them are Christians, so there's no faith thing here at all. It wasn't that I so much – it wasn't actually a – so much a human thing as I just knew that God was going to do it. It was a strange sense that was incredibly strong. Uh, because I I didn't well, I preferred to rent I you know didn't mind. But no I had this very strong feeling that he had somewhere for us. So um I sat down with the children and we'd had, before I left the Wet Sundays, I'd had this prayer seminar and, and one of the things that Henry Blackaby, if any of you remember any of his students, um, he said, always be be very specific, you know. When you're praying, be very specific. So I, I got out a sheet of paper and p- pencils. I said, okay, everybody say what they want, you know, in the in house. What do you think is necessary? It's okay to say a few things you want. So we wrote a, wrote a list. I go to check and see if he remembers it.
0: Uh, yeah, there was, uh, uh, there was enough bedrooms for us all. Um, there was uh, an out, like a, a, bungalow. Bungalow. Uh, because apparently you didn't like the music that I was playing. And, no. And, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> he'd just finished year 12 music and, um, you know, was playing the guitar and I knew yeah, he anyway, mates anyway, and things. <laughs> so <laughs> I love your um, music. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, uh, Covered walkway. Yes, because Uh, it's
1: cold down here.
0: uh, A Christian. We 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 we, uh, put on their Christian neighbours.
1: Christian neighbours with children who would be the uh, same age as mine, so they'd have somewhere. Particularly the younger ones, they'd have uh, somewhere to play with. Because we didn't know people down there, down here.
0: Of yeah, and uh, and even you, and and at this by this stage, I was thinking this is getting a little bit ridiculous, actually, and, and and I almost started to treat it a bit like a joke, particularly when you mentioned the sort of trees that you wanted in the garden. That was apricot,
1: uh, <laughs> apple. You don't get those in Queensland. Of course, we want them,
0: and a jacaranda tree.
1: And I said at the end, I said, oh, I'd love to have a jacaranda tree because we had them in my childhood in Sydney. Yeah. And a church around the corner. And
0: a church around and the corner. And walking,
1: walking to, the, to the primary and secondary schools so I didn't yep. have to drive anyone. So I was so sick of driving from the farm
0: constantly. And we needed to be in this particular house within probably a week or two, I think. Within a week or Settled two and, and, in and, the the house. Right,
1: and the right price.
0: Yeah. Oh, it, it, actually, we, you, I remember you even had a very specific price. I
1: had a very specific price. We did, absolutely. Yeah. It's all I had up that, uh, in the bank.
0: I won't say what the price was because all of the home buyers in the room will be very depressed. <laughs> well, this yes. is like 1990, so anyway. Um, so yes. tell us what happened.
1: We got the whole lot. The whole lot. Absolutely amazing. We, um, uh, the real estate agent drove us to one house, which I just said, no, this isn't it, forget it. Um, it, before we even got out of the car. Then he drove us to where we are now, in Lock Street in East Geelong. And as we drove up, I said, kids, this is it. You know that this is it. And uh, I, I swear that actually, that Kat said something like, yes, it is, Mum. I think it is. I'm not sure, but I think she did. And we got out, and there it's all is: bedrooms, the fruit trees, exactly the ones we wanted, the... Um, Bungle out the back, the covered in way. Um, And I seem to remember I stood at that. Of course, we only found a couple of um, days later about the Christians. Now, the Christian family next door had been praying for Christians to move in and to have children the same age as theirs. So that was all right. That that was fixed nicely. Um, And uh, we walked around the corner. There was the Baptist church. Uh, the, the schools that we wanted the kids to go to, I'd actually had in mind, but I didn't know where they were. They were—they were their walking distance. So it was absolutely amazing. We got all of these things, and anyway, the jacaranda tree. I—I I was standing down at sort of the bottom of the garden, and um, and I looked around and I said, "Oh, okay." I didn't get my jacaranda tree, and my memories of 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 one of the kids at least sort of laughing. And I said, what are you laughing at? And they said, it's so big that you're sta- and you're standing underneath it. Just look up. And there it was flowering because it was January. So we got everything.
0: And, and in time?
1: Oh, in time. Oh, yes, we were moved in in time because she said the, the owner had moved out already and she needed the finance. And so she said, if you'll move in, settle within the next, you know, 10 days, I'll give it to you cheaper. And it was the exact amount I have in the bag. <laughs>
0: Now I mean we we, we of course in in, in one's, I mean, it was a beautiful confirmation of a, of you know a step of obedience and coming down, and, and and for me, as a very young Christian, a wonderful way to start the Christian life to know uh, and to see God's faithfulness in in this amazing way. You know, it didn't it, it? This doesn't mean that you know we can endlessly make lists of all the things we ever wanted, and, and you know, and and God's going to answer every every shopping list. But in this particular case. You know it was amazing, God just wanted us to see how meticulously mm. He was going to care for us and i and you know uh, for me and I think for all of us, it was a wonderful way to uh, to start our our lives as christians and of course um, your uh, your father and your stepmother both uh, yes, came uh, and I to think my sister uh, and brother right too, at the end. Uh, right yeah. at the
1: end of their lives, they all came to the Lord, so that was that was wonderful, yeah. yeah
0: great story of uh, of God's faithfulness before we before we finish uh, tell us about what you do now
1: what I do now well I um yes mid-40s um I did what, actually now? W- sorry
0: now uh, yes well That's, now I'm now you know not late even 40s I'm in now. my mid-40s now <laughs>
1: Gosh, you must be young. Um, So, in a sense, it was like I started doing the things that really were me. Um, So, I actually went to the RTC, the Reform Theological College, for three years. Um, And then from there, I did family therapy training and general counselling training and... uh, and what I noticed was that I was getting when I started work, I was getting lots and lots of Christians coming and um, this was this was a bit different to the other nine people I worked with in the center and I thought that 's interesting lord you're really you 're really wanting me to sort of do more pastoral work and so I went off and 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 because this was happening so much, I really felt a calling from the Lord to more specialize in in um, even on occasions, you know, I brought people to the Lord in the counselling room, but especially for Christians who wanted not just a prayer at the beginning and the end, which I do anyway, it, it was actually doing the healing work. And so I went and retrained also with, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but certainly Elijah House, which you probably have because we have it, i had it here, um, and LL Ministries and Theophostic Ministries and a, a few others like that. Um, and uh, then it's like the Lord just took off with me, and uh, it was wonderful. So I worked, um, I, I worked at OneCare for quite a while. I've been doing it now for about, um, coming up well, about twenty-nine years now. And, um, and it's a wonderful, and it's everything yeah. that I've, I, it's I sort of wanted to do when I was a teenager. I wanted to do psychology. <laughs> yes, yeah,
0: it's, and it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful ministry. Um, what a what a great story. And again, as I said at the start, it just it's it's a story about God's faithfulness and you know if you're here tonight and you have sensed that prompting at different points in your life then maybe this is the other prompting uh, to encourage you actually to make that decision uh, tonight and uh, and to commit your life to God and uh, as we close um, it would be great for us to stand together why don't we stand together and I just want to take a moment tonight to pause and to, uh, to lead you in prayer, if that's, if that's you tonight, um, to actually lead you in prayer to make that commitment tonight and maybe for, you know, maybe here tonight, and it's a recommitment that uh, that you need to make maybe you're here tonight and you're looking for direction for your life and you want to see that providence well I want to pray for you tonight uh, as well so why don't we close and uh, and pray together father in heaven first of all for those tonight who have sensed that prompting upon their lives father I pray for them right now and lord I would ask now that you would fill them with your spirit lord god Father, as they respond to you and simply say, yes, Jesus. And today we all say yes to Jesus, yes to your call, yes to your invitation to come because you have made a way for us in Jesus Christ to be reconciled with God and to walk with God for all of our lives. And so today we all recommit ourselves to that with thanksgiving because you are good, Lord God, you are faithful. And together we commit ourselves to a life lived in your faithfulness and walking in your path. Father, for those tonight that need uh, that sense of direction, Lord God, for need, that who need to see your hand of providence and guidance in their lives. Father, I pray for them that even now by your Spirit, you would begin to work within them, shine the light within their heart, but also on the path ahead of them. And enable them to see where You are leading. Father, we commit ourselves together tonight to Your ways and we give You thanks and praise tonight for who You are. Amen.